Ed Robertson, and this is the Mountain and Prairie Podcast, where I introduce you to some of the innovative and creative individuals who are helping to shape the future of the American West. I meet most of these people through my work in ranch brokerage and land conservation, or through my hobbies and interests that revolve around spending time up high in the mountains. My guests include ranchers, writers, entrepreneurs, conservationists, athletes, artists, pretty much anyone who's doing important work and has an interesting story to tell. My guest today is Scott Slusher. Scott is an Oklahoma native and a Texas-based photographer who's best known for his stunning images of cowboys and life on working ranches. After seeing Scott's work, it's crystal clear that he has a deep understanding of the ranching lifestyle and that he's invested more than his fair share of time out in the heat and dust on horseback or in the branding pen. Given his immersion in the tough, hard-nosed world of ranching, you may be surprised to learn that Scott was trained as a fashion photographer and still works with a variety of big-name companies on their fashion and clothing line spreads. So what allows Scott to have such success in two worlds so diametrically opposed as ranching and fashion? Well, as you'll hear in this interview, Scott has a habit of pursuing his interests with a single-minded intensity and curiosity, unafraid of getting in over his head, venturing outside his comfort zone, or working harder than is expected. Combine those traits with endless energy and a knack for making friends with everyone he meets, and you'll understand how Scott has managed to work his way onto iconic ranches, riding alongside and photographing some of the best ranch hands in the business. Scott's enthusiasm and love of people really comes through in our conversation, so I know you'll enjoy it. We talked about his childhood in Oklahoma and how his father's work as a vet and as a horse breeder shaped his outlook. We chatted about his time as a photography intern and how he chose to dive headfirst into no-fun chores like mopping the floor and how that optimistic, high-energy approach has paid off time and again throughout his career. We also chat about how he broke into photographing cowboys and how his respectful approach has allowed him to be accepted by ranch hands throughout the West. We covered a ton, so be sure to check out the episode notes for the full list of topics and links. If you don't already, be sure to follow Scott on Instagram. His handle is at slusherphoto. If you love the West and the ranching lifestyle, I can guarantee you'll love his work. Hope you enjoy this episode. When you meet somebody for the first time, never met them before, and they ask you that question, what do you do? How do you answer that? Uh, so I answer that I am a professional photographer, but uh, in what I really say is I'm a commercial photographer. And then they kind of give me a look like, what does that mean? So I follow that up with, I'm a commercial photographer. I shoot a lot for, you know, JC Penney's, Mary Kay, uh, Yeti, Justin Boots, um, 44 Farms, Ranch Road Boots, uh, just a different, I kind of give them just a kind of an idea because when they say commercial photographer, what does that mean? And then I also don't want to put in the category of, you know, just your run-of-the-mill photographer. I want people to know, not necessarily that, you know, that it's a big thing or anything like that, but, but just, I'm not just somebody peering over a, a barbed wire fence, um, you know, with a long lens and all that kind of stuff. So I want people to know that, you know, I, did, I do make a living in it. Because there's a lot of people who are like, are, is this kind of a hobby or something, something like that? And I'm yeah. like, no, I'm a full-time, pay-the-bills photographer. And so that that I that's just kind of the way I kind of go about it so and you know it's it's it, people can take it as they want to I, I ramble a lot so 
No, that's good, man. That's the whole reason okay. to have you on the podcast. <laughs> um, well, the, I think the the cool thing in your answer there is you said you you had the full spectrum there. You had J.C. Penney, and then you had Justin's Boots. And uh, you know, to to a lot of people, that's kind of two different ends of the spectrum. And that's one of the things I thought was super interesting about your background is you've got you've got a background in fashion and fashion photography, and then you've also got this really. Um, you're really well known in the niche of, of the cowboy world. And so how did that come to be? I mean, I guess maybe, maybe the easiest thing to do is start out, um, you know, where did, where did you grow up? Um, and have you always been artistic? Uh, I grew up in Stillwater, Oklahoma. My dad was, uh, he's now retired, but he's a veterinarian. Uh, he was a horse breeder for Oklahoma state university. He started the breeding ranch there south of town off of Highway 51, and his uh, specialty was a thero genealogist. And so any chance that – so he grew up in central Can- central Kansas in the Flint Hills on um, – his dad uh, had a cattle ranch, and then my mom's family was southern Kansas, and they had a, uh, a wheat farm and soybeans and milo and stuff like that. So – any chance I could get to get to either one of those places was, you know, what I, what I was into, you know, yeah. I was, I wasn't sitting inside. I never had video games or anything like that. Um, if I was outside, you know, I, I grew up, you know, wanting to be outside riding a motorcycle, want, always wanted a horse my whole life, always wanted a horse. But, um, so any chance I could be out at the out at the ranch with uh, with my dad or something like that, it was it was a good to, that was a good day because that's where I really wanted to be. You know, I never really wanted to be in school or anything like that. My mom always said, you know, you I I just know it. You're going to go to art school, and I was like, art school? What the heck? <laughs> like I, I don't even know what that means. Like I don't paint, I don't draw. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm decent at drawing and stuff like that, and so. Growing up, um, looking back on the whole thing, um, you know, my dad, he was a hobbyist photographer and he always, uh, he would always hand me the camera, no matter if it was uh, there for a while. I think we had a video camera, but I don't ever, he didn't ever, um, show me, I didn't ever see any of the videos or something like that. But when my dad would go on a hunting trip with his buddies or, you know, cross country, you know, road trip with one of his buddies, he'd come back and he would, he would sit us all down and we'd watch a a slideshow and I would still be the only one awake at the end of the, at the end of the two hours of slides that he would go through and stuff like that. But how, how old are you? I am 38. Okay. Yeah. So we're about the same age. I'm 39. And so, yeah, you grew up in the, I remember the slideshows. A lot of people, a lot of people, it's, it's amazing. Like kids that, you know, people in their twenties now, they really didn't know much about slides. No. <laughs> you no, know, uh-uh. it, it, the digital cameras have kind of taken over. So, all right, that I just wanted some context as to what, yeah. what era you were in. All right, that makes sense. But, I like, looking back to it, um, trying to go back to the main question, um, but growing up, I it's it's all there. Um, and that's kind of how my life goes is, is, is still to this day if somebody says – you know, they're just the other day, I, you know, somebody was telling a story and I was like, holy 
holy shit, that's, that's an epic story. Like I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And so that's how, you know, I was just kind of going through the motions there, um, in, in my hometown, you know, growing up and stuff like that. And I worked at a, um, a veterinary clinic in high school. I was a veterinary technician and I, and I had my time developing stuff. It wasn't in the dark room. It was in the x-ray room. Like I developed x-rays and, and helped, you know, you know, anything I could do to help. I'm just a hard worker. You know, that's, that's one thing that I, that I come from is, is just hard work and, and, and do it. So, and I, growing up like in, um, Stillwater, like I started out, you know, game planning, you know, let's go to, you know, college and Oklahoma state and all this kind of stuff. And, so that was the game plan. I never went to class. I didn't really ever want to, you know, it was just one of those deals. So I'm, I'm more of a social person. So I get out and meet people and, and do all that kind of stuff. And so, um, one day my sister was telling a story and she lives in Tulsa mm-hmm. and my parents, my dad had, um, at that time. So I graduated in 98, do the math on that. It's a little bit off on as far as, uh, <laughs> How old I am. My <laughs> wife always makes fun of me that. You graduated in 98, but I graduated. She goes, we're the same age. She's like, I graduated in 96. <laughs> you married up. Yeah, exactly. It's so, uh, she, uh, so my sister was telling, so at that time, uh, in, in 98, my parents, um, my dad got it. He tried to get a sabbatical with, Oklahoma State University and ended up getting a job in United Arab Emirates. Uh, he bred Sheikh Mohammed's uh, thoroughbred racing horses oh, wow. there in Dubai. And so they moved over there in like a matter of like two weeks. I mean, it was like we knew it, like they had already kind of, they have gone over there. And my sister and I like, why are they going over there to du- Dubai? I've never even heard of Dubai. Yeah. And so they got back and they were like, we're moving over there. And we were just like, holy crap, like you're moving halfway across the world. Like, how's this going to work? And mm-hmm. so they ended up keeping the house there. And then at this time, my sister, she's already married and has uh, like one kid at that time in Tulsa. And so, uh, they just, uh, and then my, and so my dad moves over there. My mom moves over there. And then to have a visa there, you can only be there for an X amount of time. And then you got to come back for a month and then you can go. So the month of August, my mom was always back Okay. Uh, for like uh, eight years, I believe. And so one day my sister's telling a story and she, and I forget where we were going or something like that. And she tells a story about how, um, she's getting her nails done or something like that. And I'm kind of trying to figure out, you know, school and where I'm kind of headed in life. And I'm probably, I don't know, 20 three or something at this point. Yep. And, uh, she says, um, she starts telling a story about how this kid, uh, is going to art school and fashion design in Dallas. And I was like, I was like, now wait a second. Now what an art school. And so she starts telling more about it. And literally that night I go back to, um, my house and, uh, I get online and I start researching it and I just apply mm-hmm. next day. I get an email says I've been accepted. The next day I go, I drive down to Dallas and 
I they recommend like three apartment complexes. So I go to the first one. Yeah, this one will work. I sign a lease. <laughs> I go back to Oklahoma, rent a U-Haul, um, pack all my shit up, and literally move down to Dallas within a matter of, I don't know, two weeks. <laughs> and start going to fashion design school. Who, why, when, where, I have no idea. But it was just like a light bulb went off in my head and said, this is where you need to be. And so, you know, first day of school and I never in my life have I ever made straight A's, made the Dean's list, a president of your class, any of that stuff. I was all that stuff. Really? Yeah. I mean, I had never made straight A's in my life and just, I, I mean, literally it was just something, everything fell into, that's where I met my wife. She was always just, so she was president of the class. And so I didn't have any friends. I had a couple of friends in Dallas, but they all had real jobs. And so during the day, there wasn't anything to do but go to class. So sure. that's what I did. So each class was was three hours long. Everything was hands-on, um, just straight up my alley. So when it came time for um, uh, like a, a class meeting or something like that, I was like, man, I don't have anything else to do, so I'm going to hang out and see what this class meeting's all about. So they were like, hey, let's do um, so-and-so's doing like a fashion show this weekend. And do we have any people who want to volunteer? And like the my wife, who at that time, I didn't even really know her. Yep. She would be like, ah, Scott, Scott will do it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> and it was just because I, I always showed up to class. I, I was very reliable. I was, you know, I was, a, I was a common face that always showed up. And there was a lot of flaky, you know, people and I was the only one that you know like if it came time for something we had to set something up I was the only one with a truck in that whole the whole fashion department you know what yeah, I mean like yeah it just there, kind of all was, lined up yeah there was a couple guy guys you know what I mean sure that, um that I was buddies with and all that kind of stuff and and you know so it was like you know, hey, Slusher's got a truck. We need to move some walls. I'm like, eh, hell yeah, dude! I got a truck. I can strap that stuff down and let's let's you know let's lift some walls. Let's do some stuff. So that all turned into it, and I was literally, you know, I didn't graduate with a um, a, um, a a degree in, in photography and anything like that. When it, my wife is a is a fashion stylist, so yep. you know she she does a lot for J C Penney's today and um so her job is to go in there and she has an assistant and they steam and iron the clothes and then the client's like hey you know that shirt you know belt and let's make it more look more like this and maybe we should change that shirt or you know that's that's her job so when it came time for an internship that's how the photography thing evolved they were like they were like well what do you i was like my internship's coming up and they were like well what do you want to do and i was like I was like, I don't know. Everybody else is, is, is a stylist, you know, in the family and stuff like that. Like her brother's a stylist and her other two brothers are, are set builders and they have a set building business. And so they were like, well, don't do, you know, let's, let's figure something out. And so the person that she was mentoring under like 10 years ago, she's now on her own doing her own stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were both like, well, why don't you try photography? And I was like, huh? 
All right. Well, who, what photographers in town should I call to get an internship? So they were like, you, there's two people you should call and I'm not going to mention any names. One of them is, you know, really great photographer. They're both really great photographers, but one is one. If you can work for this guy, you can work for anybody you want to. Cause he's kind of, he's old school. He kind of, he's kind of an asshole kind mm-hmm. of a deal. Yeah. So literally they mentioned those two people. I called the first one. The first, the first guy answers the phone. I tell him who I am. He, he knows who my wife I, at that time was, uh, we were just dating. Yep. Uh, he knew her. He knew the, the guy that she, uh, cause they always worked with this, these photographers. And so they knew he knew of these people. So he was like, sure, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take free manual labor. And so there I go. So I, I start out he, and what was also perfect is he owned a little, um, um, he owned like 50 acres South of Dallas. And so he was always, you know, Hey, I need help, you know, fixing fence and weed and mowing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hey, I'm a man for that. You know, I know how to do all that stuff, you know? And, and so it was half working out there and half cleaning up the studio. And that, in those days you had to, you had to help clean up the studio. Like I have a studio here and I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw an assistant mop the floor or something like that. I mop the floor every, almost for sure once a week, if it wasn't every other day, like sweeping, mopping, taking the trash out, really paying your dues back in those days. And that wasn't even that long ago. Like we were still shooting film, you know, when I first started out. So my first job was, it started out mowing and weeding and fixing fence and helping, you know, him do all this kind of stuff. And then it migrated into, Oh, you know, I, I do know what I've learned what a C stand is. I know what this light kind of does. And, and you just kind of progress in that, in that, uh, situation. And, then it kind of evolves a little bit into more, all right, well, hey, Slusher, why don't you grab this camera and, and uh, here's how you load film into it and all kinds of stuff. So every day it kind of evolved and I was loading cameras. You know, it was kind of like uh, the guy that uh, the photographer and at those days, like we did a lot of a lot of, you know, sets and and lights and film and and a lot of location stuff. And this photographer takes a trailer load full of stuff um, when we went on location and it was all like JC Penney stuff. And so that just kind of made sense. And so it was just um, one of those deals where I just, everything's hands on, you know, I'm, I'm really good at hands on stuff. So if I could, t- if I can learn with my hands and, and figure everything out, then shoot the rest of it's the rest of it's pretty easy. So yeah, uh, it sounds uh, like it sounds like one of your your keys is that you're you're not afraid to just jump in and give something a try, and and you're always willing to kind of help out. You know, like just jump in and start start working, um, whether yeah. it's carrying those walls around at art school or mopping the floor, and and you know doing all that with a positive attitude. It seems like that's been one of the things that's opened doors for you. I mean, is that something? that's just kind of natural to your personality or is that something your parents kind of drove into your head as a, as a kid or is it kind of a combo of both? I, I, I think it's a combo of both. I mean, I, it just, everything that I do in life is, is just, if, as long as you are working hard towards what you want to do, 
uh, and you may not know it at the time, you know, that it, it kind of goes back to everything else too. Like, um, how, and I, one of your questions and I'll kind of parlay into this, like, is how I started out, you yeah. know, doing Western photography and stuff like that from yeah. fashion. Well, with fashion, you got to have, you got to have, you know, at a minimum five to 10 people to do a day's worth of work. You know, you got to have a stylist, you got to have a stylist assistant, you got to have a producer, you got to have an art director, you got to have the photographer, you got to have photo assistants, a digital tech, you know, all this stuff. And so I was like, so in in order, in order to further your photography career, you do, um, what's called testing. And so you get like a, a hairstyle, a hair and makeup artist, you get a stylist, you get a model, and you get yourself, and you kind of all work for free to make your get your portfolio going. So everybody kind of works for free to strum up some business is yep. basically what it is. So, you know, on days that I wasn't working or something like that, it was like, hey, you know, so-and-so went, oh, man, I'm working. Oh, well, you know, hey, and oh, I'm working. So it's like, man, I got to have something else that I'm, I need to be doing sure. that is, is – that I can go do by myself. And so, um, one day I was out, uh, my wife's from Munster, Texas and they have a German fest every year. So, you know, for a while we were going to that every year and there, the place where we'd camp at with all our friends was next to, uh, another camp. And I, when I had, everybody kind of knows each other and stuff like that. So I was, I was talking to one guy and his name is Jeff Bezner and he's a 365 day cowboy at the RA Brown ranch. And I was like, really? that's cool. you know, da, 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 da. And so he's telling him all about that. And so I don't know how much time went by, but it was a little while where I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to call this. I think I'm going to call this guy, this Jeff Besner and, and see if I can come out to the RA Brown ranch. And so I call him up and he's like, he's like, Hey, Slusher, what's going on? Yeah. And I was like, Hey, I'm trying to get into doing a little bit more, you know, Western stuff. And, and, I, I don't even know if I said that or not, but um, I was just like, hey, can I come out and take some pictures? You know, I I got a, I can borrow a horse and a saddle and whatever else I need to borrow. He was like, he was like, heck yeah. So I go out there and, you know, and they're, do, you know, all they were doing was like the first day that we got, I got there, I was there for a week and they were just doing just their normal stuff. And I started taking pictures of it. And I got back to the studio after that week and my studio mates um, were kind of, I was showing them all the stuff I went to and they were like, dude, this is really good. I was like, really? They were like, yeah, this is good stuff. And I was like, all right. So then people started noticing that like Mm -hmm. people, when I, when I, when I did my fashion stuff, people would see it and say, you know, that's cool. You know, it's cool. You know, it's good and all that kind of stuff. But it was different whenever people saw the the Western lifestyle stuff. Sure. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, anything that anybody else has ever done as far as like Western photographers and stuff like that. But it was, I don't know if it was something that you can tell and just people, just by what people tell me and all kind of stuff. And I, and I absolutely enjoy it. I love it. But People have said, you know, I can tell that you really enjoy that. You know, you really get into it. You really make it 
come alive and all kind of stuff. And it's one of those deals where a lot of people don't really know what a cowboy does these days. They think it's on a four wheeler or, you know, or something like that. And I don't want to take pictures of somebody on a four wheeler. No, no offense to anybody who gets out on a four wheeler <laughs> and goes and, and, and does something because yeah, it just doesn't make for a good picture though. It's like somebody driving right, a car, exactly. big deal. If, if you know, if Polaris or like a company says, "Hey, well, you know, sure, yeah, by all means, let's go out there and let's oh yeah, do that. If, if it's Polaris asking, I love <laughs> <Yeah>. four wheelers. <laughs> but it's one of those deals where you know, authentic, real is is kind of my is kind of my mo, and that's another way to parlay back into explaining what people what uh to what people to tell people what i do is i do authentic real things and that has turned into um yeti and mary Kay and um you know other other clients that are like oh really like yeah like mary Kay. they're like well what do you what do you shoot for mary Kay?" and i'm like i shoot their i can campaign for um that is all about you know mary Kay and i can so what is your i can campaign well when i'm i'm shooting at the um at their uh convention and it's you know 80 ladies a day and i have to meet every single one of them and talk to them and get them comfortable in front of the camera and all that kind of stuff. And my, what I tell them is, is like, hey, I can tell you all day what to do. Like, you know, put your hand here, do something like that. But that's not that's not real. That's not what you want to be, be portrayed as. Mm-hmm. Is you need? I want you to be who you who you are. And if that's an awkward laugh and a, or a giggle and you're looking off camera or something like that, that's real. And that makes for what that is. And it's, it works, it works. It's, it's, and it's, and it is real. And so they're like, Oh wow. You know that, you know, it's authentic. Just making people feel comfortable. And that's, 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 that's kind of what it, what it is, is meeting people and making them feel comfortable. So trying to parlay back into i keep on saying that word but <laughs> back into uh into your question so i don't know what yeah. was our question yeah yeah no that, that that all makes perfect sense and um that, it seems like your ability to relate with people so it, like you're you gave the, the mary Kay example and then so that's one in the spectrum and then these hardcore working cowboys you know that's another end of the spectrum and these guys you know i, I do a lot of work with with ranchers and and cowboys and you know they're they're generally a a tough crowd and i mean they're they're as good and as hardworking and as authentic people as you can you can ever meet but a lot of times they're they're, they can be kind of somewhat suspicious of of outsiders you know i come in up in montana i come in with a southern accent they're kind of like who who the hell is this guy and Mm -hmm. uh but but once you can you know establish with them or prove that you're authentic and hardworking and things like that they they really open up how was it kind of breaking into that world of of ranches and, and ranchers especially when you're out there in the middle of like in branding you know when they're working hard it's dangerous um, how did they, how did they take to a guy being out there kind of in the middle of it all taking photos? 
did that take some time to kind of build trust with them? Uh, so pretty much, um, pretty much everywhere I've gone, everybody has been, you know, extremely, extremely, you know, they may not know who I am or anything like that, but they, you know, I, so if I showed up in a, in I, there's no way I would, but if I showed up in my wife's, you know, um, 2001 X five, you know, and I rolled up in, in, you know, in some tight jeans and, you know, in a, a, you know, in a floppy cowboy hat or something like that, then I get out of my car and, and walk over and get in the mix with all of them. They're, they're going to be like, who the hell is this? So, you know, when it came time for me to start doing this, going out and all kind of stuff, my, my wife was like, you're going to do what? And I'm like, yeah, I am like, you know, I have to, I have to fit in with these guys and, and cowboys and cowgirls or whoever. And, and I have to, I, you know, like when I go out, so there's, there's a whole code and all that kind of stuff. Like I, that was a whole learning experience. You know, the first time I went to the sixes, um, a lot, some of my, a lot of my friends were there and, you know, I, I would, you know, I, I, I stand back. I don't get in anybody's way. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, I sure as heck don't tell anybody what to do or anything like that. Like I was talking on the phone last night with, um, Buster Frierson and I said, you know, you know, it's one of those things where I don't, if we were all, if, if everybody's out working and I said, Hey, um, Teal Blake, you mind? And he, he obviously, he might do it, but he probably wouldn't. But if I said, I said, Hey Teal, do you mind going up there and, and getting off your horse while the, while we're gathering cattle or something like that, or in the brandy pen, Hey, you mind doing this or doing that? And he kind of looks at me like, what? No, he's not going to do that. Like I, I have to be in the right place at the right time. And I, and I've, and I've only been yelled at once. Mm-hmm. That's and, pretty good. Uh, pretty good um, ratio there, because yeah. that's that is some uh, that's some tough, tough, <laughs> tough work, and it's it's dangerous. It is. It is. And you know, I there's been some times where you know, obviously not on the first day, and net probably not on the second day, but by the third day, everybody's kind of like, you know, like. I, at the, the spring, there was a couple of guys that didn't know who I was and all that kind of stuff. And, and we're looking, we're gathering cattle and all that kind of stuff. And it's mesquite, high mesquite and brushy and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, these cowboys, they, they know what's going on. They, they're, you know, they're bobbing through all the trees and, you know, and ducking and doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I got a camera in my hand. And at the end of that first day, uh, one of the guys was like, he was like, man, we're, you're pretty, pretty handy with that camera. And I go, I go, well, I got to, you know, all you guys are, are ducking in between and going in between the trees and all kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta keep up with you guys. He's like, man, he, and he said it aloud to be like, Hey, this guy, this guy, he's, he's, he's got it going on. You know what I mean? Like, and so I take pride in the fact that, you know, I, that I'm, I'm learning just as, as much as, as somebody, because I didn't grow up doing, you know, roping and 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 all that kind of stuff, and branding and doing all and everything like that. So there's teal, 
or whoever and go back to the the sixes so i explain up, what the explain what the sixes is for oh, people that don't four, know the four the four sixes ranch big ranch yep. yeah and so um every morning you know they get up it at you know it i think they meet at the at the chuck wagon uh, they call it the fly at um for breakfast and coffee at you know let's say 515 well, I show up at, at five o'clock because I don't want to be late. You know what I mean? I'm not the first one. I don't want to be the one that's already eaten before everybody else because that, that's not very nice either because I'm just a guest there and all kind of stuff. So I'm just, you know, I'll get a cup of coffee and, and you know, there's chairs sitting all the way around and people will start filing in and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't, no one said, hey, Slusher, this is kind of what we're doing or anything like that. It's just, you know, visually, you got to kind of know what's going on. It's just, common sense basically ethics and common sense and so um so everybody starts filing in and starts chatting and all kind of stuff and so you know i'm just listening and everything like that and then they'll it's you know let's let's all go they'll go catch their horses and so it's still done at the sixes you know the all the horses are are in a pen and somebody ropes it and 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 it's dark, and so somebody they're all standing in a line in like a semicircle, you know, so the horses don't run off and all kind of stuff. There's one guy roping it, and so um, Dusty Burson at the sixes, he says, hey, Slusher, come over here. And so he just gives me the lowdown. He's like, hey, Slusher, you know, when they – and I'm riding one of uh, – actually, it's True. Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. It's True Burson. Mm-hmm. And True, True says, hey, Slusher, come over here. And – I'm riding one of his horses, so I don't even know what the horse looks like. Looks like, and so he goes, uh, he goes, hey, I'll, I'll let you know when when your horse is up. And so all you do is you just, hey, or you give some type of signal that says that's you know that's my horse or something like that. And so he, the guy that's roping it, brings it over, and you have to stand on uh, a certain side of it, and he takes the he takes the rope off, and then you wrap your reins around it and all kind of stuff. And then you put the the bridle on that kind of stuff and you just stand there and you wait for everybody to do it. So it's just, you know, if I wasn't, if I didn't, if I didn't know a single person there, I wouldn't even have been in there. Sure. So the fact that they, that I got to be in there and and witness that and I was taking pictures as it was going on. And so I kind of get like a, a hall pass, I guess you could say for having a camera and I get to, I get to sit back and watch and kind of see how it's all done. And well, I think, I, I think like you do that. get a hall pass, but I think you've, you, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Cause I think you, you've earned that hall pass. Cause they're, there's, I'd say 99% of uh, professional photographers who walk in there with their camera, they would not be accepted. Uh, you know, they either wouldn't be tough enough. They wouldn't be respectful. It sounds like, you know, you're very tuned into being respectful to the process. You've got this ability to work as hard as anybody else, you know, with tough, hard physical work. Um, you know, I, I think that that, I think your ability to take your, you know, your photography skills are one thing, but I think your interpersonal <laughs> skills and your ability to relate with people, um, gets a lot of the credit as well. Cause I mean, you could take, I don't know, some fancy New York city photographer and put them out there and they wouldn't make it an hour. I mean, I, I don't think that that's not an exaggeration, is it? I mean, I, I just, I think, I, I don't know. Most but people I mean, wouldn't make it. 
they wouldn't be, I don't know if they, so if like, if I wasn't, if I didn't know anybody, that's the whole deal. So if, is, is I realized, and it, it's just goes for anything. Like you have to be able to know people in order to, in any situation, if it's uh, being a lawyer and you want to work for this lawyer, you got to get to know those lawyers that work for that lawyer yep, or yep. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's all about networking. So, you know, and just getting to know these these people before I go out there and start taking pictures and and doing all that kind of stuff. That's that's another part of it. That building that just, trust, yeah. Yeah, building that trust and and they and social media has a whole lot to do with that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of those guys don't have an Instagram, but a lot of them do. And so, you know, they see that it you know, I'm out at the sixes. And when I went to the four sixes, that really that really kind of put us in my mind, it kind of put a stamp on me that says, No, holy you know, dang, he went to the the four sixes ranch. Like, not just anybody. I don't think sure. can go to the four sixes ranch and 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 you know go out and gather and and come back and and you know know you know the right way. Because I don't, you know, when I go to these ranches, I don't, you know, a lot of some of them, you know, like out of the Spade Ranch. I know that I'm familiar with 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 the. Uh, um, his name's Jason Pelham, and he runs the the North Camp up there in Canada. And he's always like, "Slusher, if you want to go up on top of the hill or get in front of the herd, or you know, or anything you want to do, you just go out and do it. You know, we won't, we won't, you know, we're not, we're, we don't really care or anything like that. And I'm, and I'm, and I just don't do it. I just, I stay in my line of where I started out that morning, just like every other cowboy does, just because I want, I don't want anybody to be like, man, Slusher, really." messed up you know that deal you know he was man he was all over the place and and all that kind of stuff so i you know there might be a day where that where that does come to the forefront and i get out there and i get in front of the herd and takes us take those pictures but for the most part i just want i just want it to be to go smooth i don't want anybody to be like damn social really messed up on that deal you know what i mean like that's fine if i do because i i don't know exactly or the you know those cowboys, they know that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not a cowboy. I'm, I'm just a, a Western photographer that loves to, sh- to go out there and be horseback and try to fit in with the rest of them to where they do accept me and all that kind of stuff. Because I'm nowhere near or even close to what a cowboy can do and all that kind of stuff. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just horseback and, and, a guy, and a guy with a camera is all I am. So... And I have had the opportunities to, you know, hey, Slusher, you want to you wanna do this, do that? And, you know, if it makes sense, then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll help out and all kind of stuff. I, I love to help out. That's, that's what I like to do. So uh, more than happy to. But I, I'm the first one to say, I've never done this before. So if you're going to put me in that position, I just want you to know that. I want to be as open as I can to what's going on. So I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd much rather take pictures than than do anything else. So, but so w- when you're out there with these guys, you know, for people that haven't actually been there in the middle of this thing, like for br- branding, for example, you know, there's hundreds of cows running around, you know, uh, calves getting separated from their mothers and the mother cows charging people. And there's hot iron and fire and 
people giving vaccinations. I mean, it's mud. And I mean, it's just a, it's really uh, kind of a chaotic type environment, pretty dangerous. And that's just one small event in out of a year. So have you had any close calls or scary things happen, you know, getting thrown off a horse or anything like that, where you're, you kind of, kind of checked you a little bit? I, so, um, so when it, you know, in the, so when it first starts out, they drop everybody off and depending on who I'm with or where I'm at, you know, they might drop me off by myself and I'm there gathering with, with everybody else. So what gathering is, is you're dropped off in a 10,000 acre, you know, um, pasture and you're gathered cattle. So you have to zigzag back and forth to check back with your person who's on the left of you and who's on the right of you. And you can't get ahead of anybody and you can't be too far behind. So you got to do, and you're looking for cattle at the same time. So there's sometimes where I'm dropped off with somebody else. And I like, I like both aspects because, you know, I'd, I'd rather take pictures of somebody than just some landscape stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, if I see a deer and all kind of stuff or, you know, or something like that, I'll be like, Oh, look, man, there's a deer and all kind of stuff. But I'm not going to be like, you know, Oh shoot, dude, uh, I'm going to try and get around there and take a picture of that deer. Or anything. I, I can care less about that deer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so I'll take some landscape pictures, but for the most part, I want somebody in my pictures. So if I get dropped off with somebody, that's, that's fine with me. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, get my own little, little stretch and all kind of stuff. And usually it's somebody that I know and I'll peel around or, you know, I've been to a ranch where I got dropped off with, um, uh, you know, the boss and he just kind of wants to know a little bit more about me. So that's more of like an interview process where I'm just, we're just kind of getting to know each other or something like that. So close encounters. Uh, so when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, usually, um, my horse is, 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 he's, he's a good horse. He's not going to put me in a situation where, you know, he's going to get bronchy on me or, you know, he's going to buck me off or something like that. So, I mean, he's, he's kind of snorty every once in a while and he'll, he'll, you know, he'll, you know, we got to kind of work through our, our, our situation and all kind of stuff. And, and, you know, and that's any horses like that. So we'll kind of have an understanding and all kind of stuff. And then, you know, at the, if I'm on somebody else's horse, you know, they're, you know, it's usually, it's usually, uh, I've never had any issues of anything like a wreck or anything like that, but I've heard plenty of stories of other people and stuff like that. So I try to, you know, I'm not cutting it loose and, you know, jumping gaps and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there are situations where we are trotting through and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't ever knock on wood. I haven't had anything, you know, and it's partly, you know, if you're smart and you know where things are coming and going and all kind of stuff, you kind of have to have to have eyes in the back of your head. And, you know, I'm usually not putting myself in a dangerous situation to where I can get hurt, that kind of deal. So I'm all I'm on a horse that I know what I can expect um, uh, when I'm in the branding pen you know, I kind of get, you know, I'll, I don't start out, you know, just straight up, you know, in somebody's face or something like that. It's, you know, it's all right, this is where 
this guy's, you know, over here and this guy's over here and we're, you know, going this way and all kind of stuff. And, and, you know, you don't want to get in front of somebody or you don't want to be somebody with the, with the, with the needles and, you know, the pistols and all kind of stuff. So the given injections, you don't want to be somewhere where you can get hurt and stuff like that. So I take it, take it, take it in stride. Um, one of the, what at the, one of, this is a funny story. One of the stories, uh, so we went to Teal and I, um, Teal took his girlfriend at that time. I took my wife and son who's, um, who was six at the time. And we went to, uh, Dickens, Texas for, uh, the, uh, they put on a new bronc ride there. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of guys I know in the arena horse, you know, it's, it's, it's bronx and stuff like that. So it's, you know, in a, in a arena with bulls and all kind of stuff, like at a rodeo, uh, I'm not PRCA approved. That's a whole process. Mm -hmm. I've only had, that's another story, but I've only had one. I've only been inside the arena of a, an actual P, PRCA um, rodeo in Pendleton, which was, I mean, my first ever time inside, and it's Pendleton, Oregon, which is completely epic by all, by all means. But um, so we're in Dickens, Texas, and um, you know, it's Teal and I in the arena, and Teal, he's his his pictures. He wants to be further back, you know, to take a picture cause he's going to, he's going to paint that and all kind of stuff. Me, I want to, I want to get the, the grit and be up in there and all kind of stuff and, and get like a close picture. Cause when I see a picture of, of, you know, somebody at something, I, I kind of see where they're at and I'm like, I'm like, man, I guess they didn't have all that great access or, you know, I, yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I think of. And so I want to people to think like, you know, like, Oh, Dang. You're right in the middle of it. Yeah, like right up in there. So, uh, Pat Butler's uh, on a, on a bronc, and the gate opens up, and that horse, I mean, just beelines it straight for me. And I and I'm right there, and, and everybody starts scattering, and I'm I'm looking through the viewfinder and and pushing that button, and it's and I'm like, oh shit, it's getting closer and closer, and I'm like, oh damn, and so I run to the fence. But I'm still halfway looking through the viewfinder, and it's uh, knee high is just a um, just a flat panel, and then you got to hop up onto the first uh, level of the fence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bar, and so I couldn't. I I kind of knew it, but I just I just kind of sat there, and I was like, man, this is not going to be good, and I just was like, just as long as a horse doesn't step on me or just completely just mow me over, everything's going to be all right. Well, that bronc comes out of there and comes right for me and brushes up against my shoulder. Luckily, I didn't get stepped on. And Pat Butler gets bucked off, and I and I can kind of see above me, well, he lands, his butt lands right on the top of my head. And I didn't fall to the ground. Luckily, Pat Butler's not, not that he's – probably 150 pounds and five foot five or six or something like that. So he's, he's not the biggest guy in the world. So yeah. I was thankful of that, but you know, that was probably, and it, and it, and it was like, you know, Slusher, I think, uh, I think that was, that was close enough. You know what I mean? That's so a I'm pretty, not, that's a pretty close call. I love how you kind of <laughs> forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, it's not going to stop me from 
you know, going there next year and doing the exact same because, you know, it's it's fun and I love being out there and I love going to places where they're like, Slusher, you have access to whatever you want to do. That's the places I want to go and take pictures. Have you ever been to rodeo? Have you ever been to Central America? I have not. I have not. They have these, they call them rodeos down there. And it's basically, they, they just build a pen in the middle of town and it goes from town to town over the weekend. And I'm not exaggerating. I'll send you pictures. I'll email you some pictures to, to prove it. But they, they, um, basically just build this pen and they get these wild ass bulls and they just let them loose in the pen. And all the people in the town go out and stand in the middle of the pen. I'm not joking. Like, like a oh hundred people. And then this bull starts running around out there and throwing people in the, in the air <laughs> and, and like just smashing over them and people are getting dragged out in stretchers and they're all drunk. I mean, it's, it was the, literally the craziest thing I've ever, ever seen. And oh I was thinking somebody needs to be down there, like a, a really good photographer or videographer <laughs> capturing this thing. Cause I've seen a lot of crazy stuff and this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I mean, people getting knocked out cold, dragging them all like people with obvious spine injuries getting dragged off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you pictures. You need to yeah. go down there. That could be, the, that could be your next story. <laughs> I want to come though. You gotta, you gotta let me copy your business. Yeah, heck yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down. Let's go. Um, one more question about your photography. Um, we were kind of joking around when we were texting before this thing about social media and just how it, it's kind of, there's a lot of good to it and also a lot of bad as far as the distractions it can cause when you got other stuff going on, but you've got a huge social media following and how has that kind of played into your, um, your, I guess, progression as a, as a professional photographer? It has 110% been, something that has been a major tool in a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of my clients, you know, have, have come from or seen those pictures on Instagram. So I treat Instagram, not necessarily Facebook, but I treat Instagram almost like my website. Mm -hmm. Like I, if you scroll way back and start looking at stuff, you can see the progression of how it changed and, um, a, um, a, uh, a, a photo rep in Dallas, she represents, um, some of my fine art images and there, and, and I've, I've come across this before where, um, I was, uh, I was doing a, an Insta walk when Instagram, it had been out for a while. This is probably about four years ago. And I got, um, it was with GE and, um, it was like enter a contest to win a spot to be in an Insta walk with other photographers. And basically what you do is you go out and take pictures and then you post to social media and you post to their account. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't, I, I just went and they were like to enter, to enter you, all you have to do was take a picture of a train cause it was going to be. Uh, at the GE factory here in Fort Worth of the process of how they go through and they, how they manufacture a, uh, the, the, uh, the engine, like the, sure. and all that kind of stuff. And so we were at a friend's house in, in Fort Worth. And so I just went and he was, their house is literally across the street from, from a train tracks. And there was a, uh, a train engine sitting there. And so I went over there and took a picture of it. You know, it wasn't like anything crazy or anything like that. And so I entered, I took one picture. I entered that contest 
And they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, well, yeah, you're a winner and all that stuff. Like, really? <laughs> and I was like, all right. And I think it was just like, hey, he's local, you know, da 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 da. He, he's a, you know, whatever photographer. So they send like a limousine over to pick me up. <laughs> I'm staying at a hotel. And the night before, you meet all the other photographers. And, and then the next day, it's uh, going to the factory to, you know, you're going to team up with such and such and you guys are going to just and somebody from GE is going to walk you around and kind of tell you about this and then we'll switch and do all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm with what I call the cool kids of the Instagram at that time and literally they all had, you know, 20k followers at this at that time, maybe 100k followers. And for that at that time and on Instagram that was a lot. Sure. And at that time I only had probably maybe 3 3k or 5k. Uh-huh. And so we sh- the next morning we get on the bus and all kind of stuff. And we met everybody, you know, I'm from LA, I'm from New York and I'm from blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh wow, this is, you know, these are, you know, these are some heavy hitters, I guess. And so we, uh, the next morning we roll on the bus and everybody's getting off the bus and they all got their camera bags. And I'm like, camera bags. Huh? (laughs) And I, and this was when the iPhone five had just come out. And so I had just gotten the iPhone five and I was like, dude, this is going to be, or it may have been the four. I don't even know. And I was like, man, this is going to be epic. None of these other cats are going to have the new iPhone and it's got, you know, slow-mo video and doing all this kind of stuff. I was like, I'm going to blow their socks off, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they bust out their big cameras and I'm like, what? (laughs) And I was like, you guys brought your big cameras? And they were like, yeah. And that was the first time that it dawned on me like, you know what? These, I call them the cool kids are are not taking pictures with their iPhone. And that was the first time where it was like, hey, Slusher, you better better step it up because everybody else is stepping it up. So from then on, and still to this day, it I can I can tell the difference between an iPhone picture and a real, you know, camera that is put on there. And so to make that all kind of come back around, um, I've had Somebody either say, you know, it's just write me a message that says, oh my gosh, I love that picture. I want to buy it. Well, shoot, that iPhone picture can only blown up to be like eight by 10 or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like bigger is better. So um, from from that point on, I, I carry my big camera with me. And, and there's, you know, some people have a, a little smaller, you know, digital camera that they have Wi-Fi on. And I'd love to have one of those cameras. But I can't, uh, something, you know, I'm a little bit old school when it comes to, you know, I've rented, you know, a camera to try it. Like, I'm not going to go buy something and just be like, oh my God, I love it. Or, you know, like I get it and I'm like, man, this sucks. I don't, I don't want this. You know, I, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to rent it and then, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So like a, I'm a Canon guy. And so I, I rented like a Sony or something like that and looked through the viewfinder and it's a digital it's a digital image in the viewfinder. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. It throws me way off. And so I think a lot of people these days, um, like maybe we'll take a picture and then download it to their phone and then post it to Instagram, which I still take my Canon. And if, if it's something, you know, lickety split where I need to post it, which I haven't had to do it in a while. But, um, I'll 
download it on my computer, run through my software, make it look how I want it to look, and then I'll send it to myself and then post it. So even with social media, I take it very, and you, you have commented a lot, like, it looks like you don't take any shit from anybody as far as like posting stuff. And Mm -hmm. I take it, I do, I take it very seriously on what I post and how I post it. And, you know, if somebody says, you know, Hey, you know, you know, such and such client, you know, and they want to post it. And if it makes sense, I'll post it. But if it doesn't make sense, then I'm kind of like, you know, I'll just put it on my Insta stories or, or something like that. And I just kind of use it as a promotional piece. Sure. Well, it, you do a great job with it because like I've, I've said this to several other people that I've interviewed and that's one of the reasons I want to interview them is because in all the, the noise of social media, when you're, you know, flipping through that phone, looking at three or four pictures per second, um, it takes a lot for one to stand out. And, um, it's, it's really, you know, whenever I see yours up there before I even see your name, I know it's yours because it's, you've got such a unique, um, such a unique style and it, it just, it's really, really cool. And it's, that's a, that's a real talent to be able to make things stand out in, in all that static of, of the internet, you know? Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. I, it's, it's a lot of fun and I try to, you know, my brain gets in the way of a lot of stuff. And so when I go out and start, I have intentions of who I'm shooting for and what I'm shooting for. But for the most part, if I just turn that old brain off, then everything just kind of lines up and just takes care of itself. So that's funny you say that. Cause I was just, I just talked with um, Duke Beardsley a few weeks ago for this mm-hmm. podcast. And he said the exact same thing. That's what he said. Some, he said he's a painter. And so he said, don't think paint. Yeah. And, uh, that I've heard that from, from a lot of people. And you hear that a lot with athletes as well. This, this idea of, um, get out of your own way, turn your brain off, just go. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I love, you know, I, I grew up like playing golf and, and playing basketball and all kind of stuff. And that brain, like I'm nowhere near like a good golfer or I don't even play golf anymore, but the times that I did turn my brain off and just go through the motions, that's when it was good, you know? So that it's taken me a long time to figure that out as far as photography goes. But if you do it, do something enough, it becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of those things. Like if you practice something, you know, if, if, uh, one of my favorite basketball players is, um, uh, for Oklahoma state university and his name's, uh, he graduated and he doesn't, he's, he, I don't think he's not going to go pro or anything like that, but his name's Phil Forte. And he is a gym rat as far as basketball goes. Like that's all anybody ever talked about was he was always in the gym, always practicing free throws. He had, you know, I think he set the, for sure at Oklahoma state, but he set the percentage, like he was always at, you know, 90 some odd percent from the free throw line and practiced, you know, he took from like middle school on to, you know, I'm sure he still goes to the gym now, but he shot like 600 free throws a day or, and 600 three pointers a day and all kind of stuff. I mean, that, that takes some, I mean, that type of ritual takes a lot of time yeah. for you to do that, especially for a kid to do that. You know what I mean? Like in college, I, shit, I was, I was really good at drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always amazed at these 19, 20 year olds working that hard. Cause I, I mean, I didn't have it in me at that, that age. Um, if I could, if I could go back now at age 40, I'd be, I'd be the man. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like one of your questions was like, what could you tell your 18 year old self? I was yeah. like, do exactly the same stuff, but just don't worry about the small things. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. worry about what other people are thinking. Don't worry about all the stupid stuff that has to be with a, you know, a teenager and all that kind of stuff. Just have fun and enjoy yourself and things, things will work out for the best as long as you let things happen and you take initiative to recognize the right paths that you're supposed to go down. So that's, that's my main deal is like, as long as I recognize this story that someone's telling me that says, you know, Oh my gosh, that is it. That sounds like an epic photo shoot and everything's always, everything's been done. You know what I mean? But it hasn't been done by me. Mm -hmm. So even though so-and-so's done it or so-and-so's done it, hey, I haven't done it. So it's going to be different. And it, and it may look kind of the same, but it through my eye, I think it looks different. And so, you know, that's another deal is like, you know, these there's a lot of photographers out there these days. And you see a lot of it on social media and a lot of people are doing the same stuff. But, you know, like just because somebody else is doing it doesn't mean you can't do it too. So I, I, I commend anybody who, I mean, it's all, it's all the same, but as long as you have a specific eye that, you know, you can give it a a little bit of a different spin on it, then do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, the world is, is yours as long as you are willing to, to take that initiative and go do it. So I, I love it when somebody tells me a story. Some of the most epic photo shoots that I've done have been a story that somebody told me. Mm-hmm. And I just, and like I told, I, I told this twice yesterday. I said, if I, I take creative ideas very seriously, because if I have a creative idea and I don't act on it at some point, that creative idea is probably, it's going to leave me and move on to the next person. So it might be, you know, somebody else has that creative idea and I see that, you know, a couple years later or something like that. I'm like, man, uh, you know, I had that, that idea. That was yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had it. But, you know, if I don't act on that creative thought that I have, then, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if people have a creative idea every day or every second or, you know, or something like that. So I take it, I take it real serious on how how creativity is to me and how it affects me. Cause even though it might end up and it's not like the bees knees of all epic photo shoots, it's, it was meaningful to me because I took the initiative to go do something that took a lot of work or, you know, was out of my comfort zone and all kind of stuff. So that's another deal is like, I, it's just, something you have to act on and something you have to do. So, yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about, it seems like your, your whole life has been this, um, willingness to, to just go, you know, just, just jump in and do it and, and try something out. And, um, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. Cause you know, like you were saying, everybody has, has great ideas. It's the people that execute that matter. You know, I mean, I could, 
I could have said I invented the iPod back in 1985, but that'd be a cool idea. But <laughs> so what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I can't, we've already been talking almost an hour, which is nuts. Um, you want to just sit here and talk for eight yeah. hours? Today? <laughs> um, so I got a few quick questions that I've been asking folks. Um, and it's been nice to be able to compare and contrast their answers. So I'll just run through these real quick. Then I'll let you get back to your day. Um, do you have any favorite books that have been meaningful either to your career in photography or, you know, about Texas, about the West in general, just any uh, a book or two that stick out in your mind as important? So I, I go back and forth on on this and I saw that question and it sticks out to me because I don't I, I haven't come. I don't know if it's like my dad. He gets up at three thirty in the morning and goes and he sits down and he starts reading and he's reading a book all the time. My mom's always reading a book, but. For whatever reason, I'm not a huge reader, yeah. but I do. I, so what I did when I saw that question is these are the books that are next to my um, bedside. Oh, that's um, see, that's the book. That's the question I should ask people instead. <laughs> and so just because, that one. just because these books are sitting next to my bed doesn't mean that I am flipping pages. You're at, absorbing you know, their every, energy, though. Exactly. So, so, and I have a story to go along with each, each one of these books. So the first book that I have sitting and um, so I'm in a studio with uh, four other photographers yep. and each photographer is shoots for different clients and all kind of stuff. And so, you know, like yesterday there was a photographer here and there's a bunch of models and all kind of stuff and things just kind of get left behind. So the first book was, um, and it was elite as somebody left it. And so one day I was, you know, I can't sit in front of my computer every day. So I sit, I sit and then we go play ping pong or, you know, I go get people stirred up to go eat lunch or something like that. And we'll all go eat lunch or something like that. And so, um, I went out and I was like, man, there wasn't anybody in the studio. So I'm like, well, I, I guess I'm going to have to go eat lunch by myself. Or, you know, I was like, I'll, there's always a coffee table with magazines. So I'll look at these magazines and there was a book sitting there and it was uh barbarian days, a surfing life by William. Oh, dude, uh, Finnegan. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite books of all time. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm looking at it right here. I'm touching it right now. <laughs> and so I, I just, I, I was like, I don't know what this book is, but I, and it, it, my, um, I'm pretty good at water sports, not to pat myself on the back or anything like that, but I've always I was a, I was a lake rat when I grew up and stuff like that. So I've always wanted to surf, but I'm not, I've never done it. I've surfed behind a wakeboarding boat and I'm pretty decent at it, but I've never actually been on the ocean and been on a surfboard. And that's something on my bucket list, but I'm not going to do it. Like I, I'm, you know, two or three times a year I go to LA, but I'm not just going to go out there and just go, go do it. Cause I want the, you know, the perfect situation where I have, the time to do it and all sure. kind of stuff. So I started reading. I'm like, I, and I sat there and read, and I couldn't even tell you the last time where I sat down and got in, got into a book. And I, I sat there and read like four or five chapters. It's a of great that book, book, man. That guy's an unbelievable writer. It's really cool. And then the next book is coyote America by Dan floors. Oh yeah. I just had him on the podcast. Man, I haven't, I, and it was given to me by my good friend, Red Shahan, who's a Texas music artist. And he was like, Slusher, you got to read this book. It's so good. He, he was telling me about that. And then Teal gave me uh, American Buffalo by uh, Stephen Ranella. Ren, uh, yeah, that's, right? a, that's a really good one, too. Um, Stephen Ranella and Dan Flores are 
Flores was Renella's teacher in grad school in Montana. Oh, okay. And huh. uh, yeah, I had I had Dan on the podcast maybe like two or three episodes ago because I, hmm. I read that Coyote book. And there's another one called American Serengeti. And uh, I, I thought they were so good. And that guy is super cool. He's from Louisiana. And uh, he, he taught at Texas Tech for a while. Hmm. But um, hmm. I, I just always figured coyotes were just uh, – kind of scavenger kind of garbage animals but they're they're an unbelievably interesting animal and they they're 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 of mammals they're probably the closest to human in north america as far as the way they act they're huh. just really complex kind of weird uh animals and we can't kill them like people the u.s government tried to kill them put every effort into trying to eliminate them from the face of the earth and all they did was grow and grow and grow and spread and it's pretty hmm. uh Pretty cool. Well, that's the man. That's those are some good ones. Um, you pick, you pick some of my favorites. <laughs> so, like I said, just because they're sitting there doesn't mean I've read through them and all kind of stuff. So, my favorite book of all time is uh, Rum Diaries uh, by uh, um, Oh my gosh, I can't believe uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, I think I haven't read that, but I had it. Maybe I checked out from the library or something and didn't read it, but I've, I, I need to I need to read that because he used to hang out in Aspen a lot. He's he's a Man. wacko. I'd love to read more of his stuff. Um, yeah. Are there any films that that you like that come to mind? Um, and they're all. I mean, Teal's going to make fun of me, but they're all like. I mean, you said movies and documentaries and all kind of stuff, yeah, but yeah. like Unbranded, man, that just that it's holds a special piece in my heart because man, it's it's super cool. Uh, ben did a great job, and that that one comes up time and again on this podcast. Oh Everybody it's loves it. So good. Um, movies that have influenced me. That, man, it's just everything kind of influences me for a different reason. Like um, I was thinking, like um, the movie Appaloosa. I like. I love that movie. Um, I'm more into the the. Uh, the Western costumes in that movie, because I think they're really epic. And when something gets my attention like that, I think it's something that's pretty powerful when it comes to that, like lonesome dove. I, I think I, that's on my list too, is, as yep. a, as, as a movie and all kind of stuff, but the, the costumes in it or like the attire that they're wearing didn't really stick out to me as being like, wow, you know, like everybody has it, you know, like the way they crease their hat and all kind of stuff. It, sure. It, portrays a different way but i mean like another one that really sticks out and this is going to be everybody's going to laugh when i when i say this but nacho libre i mean <laughs> that movie is cin cinematography like that movie is shot so well that it just it just makes it a beautiful beautiful you know movie and People are like, Nacho Libre is a beautiful movie. Yeah, if you look at the color and how, you know, the location and where it's at and how they shot it and the color, the color aspects that they use, man, it's, it's epic. And Jack Black does a fantastic job. I love man. Jack Black. Man, he's funny. Yeah, but like, he's hilarious. Big, like Big Lebowski, you know, anything by the Coen brothers, I really, really like. I listen to, um, I don't ever listen to Howard Stern. I listened to Howard Stern the other day driving back from, um, West Texas, and I caught an interview with Jeff Bridges. And man, Jeff Bridges, I, I, I mean, I know he's a he's a good guy and all that kind of stuff. But listening to him just be so almost like magical over the, over an interview was just 
He's kinda, a cool guy. Man, it blew me away. Like, even his photography is really cool. Like his, he uses a film camera, behind the scenes uh, film camera, um, that is the uh, the wide lux. Uh, film camera and it's like a wide angle panoramic deal Mm -hmm. and so he's kind of taking a selfie a little bit in Mm. some of them but he's also taking pictures of like behind the scenes of you know true grit and and the movies and stuff like that that he's in and it's just an interesting look of how you know how it kind of goes about so man he was just in that in that interview he was just so complimentary of other people that he's worked with and how you know awesome that you know, he's just a very humble person on and I, I learned a lot from that from that interview because I was just like, Man, he's so cool and just the way that, you know, he doesn't get you know you know, if he wasn't uh if he wasn't casted and he didn't get the part in that movie, he doesn't really take it all that seriously because it's you know, it's like I wasn't meant for that role. That role is meant for me if it's meant to be and all kind of stuff. And the same thing you go with um clients, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, um, you know, such and such client, if, if I put in a bid for that job and it doesn't happen or something like that, no, it wasn't meant to be, you know what I mean? Like that. So you got to move on and, and go on to the next one and, and just keep plugging along. And as long as you're doing what you're doing all that stuff will come back to you. So that's, that's kind of my whole deal is you can't, can't dwell on stuff that, you know, you can make yourself better mm-hmm. and do better the next time. You know, if you're like, because you, everybody, even like a lawyer, a doctor, you know, or a carpenter is like, man, you know, if I would have cut that or, you know, if I would have done, you know, if I would have said this or something like that, I do the same thing when I shoot. Like, man, if I would have gone out and and done this, you know, and taken a picture of that, you know, save that, use that for the next one. So it's just one of those deals where just take the time. I don't know. I'm kind of ending this on a, on a, on a note like just take the time to listen to yourself and listen to the path that you're supposed to go down and take the time to figure that out. And it'll all work out for in, in, in the long run. I hope. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's great advice. I was going to ask you um, the, the way I, I generally end these conversations is if you have a, if you can make a request to the people listening to this podcast or, you know, offer them some advice, um, you know, some lessons learned that from your, your life, what would it be? And th- I think that's, that's pretty damn good advice. That kind of answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Cause you never know what that book's going to be about. That could go for a person too. So, or a horse or a camera or, you know, anything. So, even though you're you're out and taking pictures on a cloudy day, make that cloudy day something that is meaningful. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody says, "Man, today is just not a good day for taking pictures," uh, that's bullshit. You know, every day is a good day for taking pictures. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, every day is a good day to get out on a horse. Every day is a good day to get in your car and go drive around and find something to shoot. You know what I mean? Just because it's cloudy out or the sun's out or something like that, make it the best of what you can. So. Get after it. Get after it, you know? So how can people connect with you? And I'll have links to everything on the on the webpage. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is, you know, Instagram is a good way to, uh, to connect with people. A lot of my friends that I've made in the last couple of years have been through Instagram, and uh, that's a good way. Um, I will tell you this. I do not have my notifications turned on. That's so good. I told you that. Um, 
I, it's too much, yeah. too much in this world today to have your phone beeping and blowing up and all that kind of stuff. So I have zero notifications turning on my phone. And if I don't get to your message, I'm very sorry, but, um, email, email is a good way. Um, please don't text me out of the blue cause I don't really know whose phone number is who. And, um, I'm a visual person. That's another deal. So, um, I have to, if you, if someone out of the blue says, Hey, I met you at such and such, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time. So just, just know that. <laughs> but yeah, just anyway, like even if, if you see me or if I see you or something like that, come up and introduce yourself. That's, that's the one thing I was at a, I forget, I was in uh, Northern Oklahoma and there was a bunch of cowboys sitting at a, uh, at a table and uh, they were kind of looking at me and all kind of stuff. And I kind of noticed them and all kind of stuff. And I walked out of there and uh, I told my mom, I was with my parents and I was like, you know what? I should have went up and introduced myself to those guys. And uh, I, you know what I did? I turned right back. I turned right back around and went in and introduced myself. And they ended up, they were like, oh, you just got slush and da, 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 da. And one of them, you know, we went back and forth a couple of times on Instagram and stuff like that. So I love it when you know, somebody introduces himself or I go up and introduce myself because, you know, you never know who somebody is. And, and if, and if, you know, if, if you, if you, we see each other, something like that, oh man, I am so, so nice to talk to. So please introduce yourself. <laughs> you need to be a little more outgoing, I think. You think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And hey. uh, I look forward to meeting you in person one of these days. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, it's Ed again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and thanks for listening to that particular episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Before you go, I've got three quick things. Number one, if you like the podcast, please do me a huge favor. Either pass it along to a friend who may be interested, share it on your social media, and or go to iTunes and give it a five-star review. All those things would mean a lot to me and they would really help to spread the word about the podcast. Number two, if you've listened to many of these episodes, you know that I love reading and I love talking about books. Every other month, I send out a quick email with a few books that I've recently read and highly recommend. The subjects are varied, but they're pretty much all nonfiction with an emphasis on history, biographies, adventure narratives, and topics related to the American West. There are no sales pitches for ranches, no spam, no other kind of nonsense, just books. So if you'd like to sign up for the list, head to Mountain and Prairie slash reading or just go to Mountain and Prairie and there's a massive tab at the top that says book recommendations. Click on it. There are a ton of good books that I've read. Some of the old email lists are on there. Uh, you can go crazy. There are a lot of books. And finally, if you know anyone I should interview for the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. All my contact info is at mountainandprairie.com and I'm on all the social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. So feel free to reach out. I'd love to have some recommendations and suggestions of interesting people I should meet. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.